I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni, alongside you this fine Thursday, July 14th, year of our Lord, 2022. Yes, I said year of our Lord. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Now, you can follow us on social media. I'm at The Coppin Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. Um, are you sitting down, Pat? Oh, wait. Yes, I can see you're sitting down. That's right. You could see yeah. that, too, if you were uh, listening or watching on Rumble. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Um, but are you holding on to your seat? Why do I need to be holding on to my seat? And why do I need to be sitting down? What BS could you possibly be throwing at me this morning that requires both of those things? The worst variant is here. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pat, did you know that coronavirus has not gone away? The pandemic is not over. Panic at the pandemic. Um. Just out of curiosity, uh, was the pandemic ever going to be over? Depends on who you ask. Because I, so here's the rub, right? Like influenza still exists on a very high level. Is is that pandemic over? Right. It, uh, it, it's an endemic. Okay, endemic, we're, yeah. we're, it's mm-hmm. this is endemic. This is never going to end. People are going to get COVID nineteen. They're going to get sick. We have to deal with this for the love of all things holy. CNN. But, Pat, just so you're aware, nearly two and a half years since the coronavirus pandemic began, the most infectious and transmissible variant yet has arrived. Repeated COVID-19 waves have left millions of people dead, with only vaccines helping to blunt the toll. Now the various, or now the virus is spreading again, evolving, escaping immunity, and driving an uptick in cases and hospitalizations. 
the oh. latest version of its shape-shifting BA5. By the way, Pat, as a shapeshifter yourself, I mean a ginger, um, what 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 say you about shape-shifting in viruses? I mean, I'm I'm no expert on uh, shape-shifting by any means because I'm a ginger. Right. You, don't you people shape-shift? No. We soul suck. I'm going to leave that alone. But the way this version of it, shape-shifting BA.5, is a clear sign that the pandemic is far from over. Brace yourself, Pat. The newest offshoot of Omicron, along with a closely related variant, BA.4, are fueling a global surge in cases, 30% over the past fortnight, according to the WHO, the World Health Organization. In Europe, the Omicron subvariants are powering a spike in cases of about 25%. Though, though, Pat, Dr. Michael Ryan, the executive director of the WHO's Health Emergencies Program, has said that that number may actually be higher given that, quote, given the, quote, almost collapse in testing. BA.5 is on the march in China, ratcheting anxieties that major cities there may soon reinforce strict lockdown measures that were only recently lifted. And the same variant has become the dominant strain in the United States where it accounted for 65% of new infections last week, according to the CDC. <clears throat> we have been watching this virus evolve rapidly. We've been planning and preparing for this moment. And the message that I want to get across to the American people is this. BA.5 is something we're closely monitoring, and most importantly, we know how to manage it, said Dr. Ashish Jai, the White House's COVID-19 response coordinator, in a news briefing on Tuesday. Um... Do I understand the need to understand if the, the variant becomes really deadly? Sure. Again, case numbers don't bleeping matter. The only thing that matters is if we see deaths dramatically. And I am talking about going from the 0 0.03 or the 0.01% that they are right now to one percent okay if we see that jump can we take it more seriously perhaps but i would ask every single one of these people what mitigation efforts have ever worked because you have told us that if we all get shots number one shot number two shot three and now for sure shot four if we get all of them pat if we just do it Oh wait, it's an mRNA vaccination that um, that doesn't work. Well, right, but it doesn't work. Why? Because oh, that's right. It 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 only has the alpha variant in it, the original version of coronavirus, which these variants don't recognize. They they they're a variant because they've bypassed it. We are literally attempting to play whack-a-mole. At this point, we can't even get Pfizer, Moderna, all these other companies to figure out because we were told, right, the, the reason that mRNA technology was going to be the game changer when it comes to all of this is not that it was going to to 
change how it would help or not help against infection. It was because when we get variants and when we see new strains and when we have changes in mutations, we could like that, right, Pat? Just like this, like I'm snapping my fingers, change the mRNA vaccination protocol and we would be able to blunt it. Delta, Omicron, Omicron, BA5, BA4, BS, 1, 2, 3. Yeah, when are they going to come out with the BS variant? I'm, I'm just curious. That would be hilarious. Because, you know, we, we've now gone from not being able to use um, the regular nomenclature of naming variants. But, all right, whatever. Yeah, how did we go from Alpha to Delta to Omicron to BA4 to BA5. We've gone from, so you have to know how, first of all, you have to know the Greek alphabet, number one. Right, right. Number two, you have to know that there have been variants, right, between Delta and Omicron. Um, there are there were variants there. Okay? They, okay, they just didn't become dominant. So, so, the other question here is, okay, so case numbers have risen. To what level are we talking about? Oh, and oh, wait, Pat, we're in the middle of July, right? Yeah. When last year, what did the middle of July look like for COVID cases? Wasn't there a spike in July? Let me just take the grand, great, amazing state of Illinois. Let me just do that for you. I'm also fairly certain there was a spike in July of 2020 as well. Well, you see, um, wait, what are you telling me? Oh, wait, from the middle of July all the way to September, we saw case numbers go absolutely bonkers. They went back down in September to go up during the regular flu season, right? All the way through July or January, excuse me, peaking uh, January 24th, right, here in Illinois. Seasonality, folks. Season freaking nality. In fact, by the way, we currently are at a higher case level than we were in July of last year. And we have been the entire month, by the by. Mm. Nobody cares. Literally nobody gives a shit about it why because we have all learned physically emotionally psychologically to deal with it and move on for instance uh, my wife attended a concert this past weekend with some friends one of those friends is now uh, tested positive for covid great notify the people you are with let them know and if they are feeling symptomatic they should probably get checked out if not who gives a shit we move on with our lives literally everybody Even the most COVID-crazed person from two years ago is doing that now. Hey, guess what? I tested positive. Okay. And guess what you should have been doing when you had influenza, right? Tell everybody that you were around (laughs) that you are sick. Hey, I'm sick. I have uh, have the flu. Uh, Please make sure to to watch out for yourself. Because that's the decent human thing to do. 
I, I am curious though, because the one thing that this article doesn't do mm-hmm. um, is it doesn't go into, I mean, it does briefly talk about hospitalizations and death, but it doesn't give any numbers behind it. So it, it's trying to make a claim that there's an increase, but there is there's there's 25% increase in, in cases in Europe. Okay, great. <laughs> Europe is the arguably the most vaccinated other than China. Uh, part of the right. part of the world, uh, right? And what? Meanwhile, by the way, as case numbers are increasing here in Illinois, what did our uh, Fred Flintstone of a governor do? He is lifting. <clears throat> this would piss me off to no end, and I would sue the living shit out of him for this. He is lifting the vaccination requirement for healthcare workers for. Um, for uh, teachers, for a bunch of people who would be going back into the workforce, right? So no longer do you have to have a vaccination in order to become a healthcare worker in in um, Illinois, starting in August, I believe. Okay. Why would you sue him for that exactly? I would sue the shit out of him for making me get it at any other point in time. What is the difference? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Either this is a permanent requirement of employment or not. Because how, how here's the changed? rub, Pat. Mm. Unless you have an actual medical or spiritual exemption from getting the flu vaccine, you as a healthcare worker are required to get it every single year. Everywhere in this country, by the way. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if the influenza vaccination is has caught the right strain or not. Right. You get it or you get suspended without pay until you do. And if you refuse to get it within 30 days of that suspension, guess what? They have the right to terminate you. Now, I would argue that that is wholly against bodily autonomy if you will it is but the supreme court and other courts have upheld that it serves a public health need so why do people hired in august of 2022 get to do something different than the people hired in august of 2021 and oh by the way i cannot undo what happened to me in august of 2021 I get to suffer the consequences of whatever long-term effects, which we still know nothing about. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, Pat, but but just as this story is coming, right? The the BA5 and the BA4 variants, right? The holy bleep, we have to to freak the ever-loving crap out variants, right? Are coming back. What else is coming back? The Corona Bros, they're coming back in the world of sports. Did you see I, this? I, I, I thought, I thought, I thought they went the way of the wind for a while. Right, but just magically, as these uh, scare tactics in the general media are coming back, they're coming back in the world of sports, and they're doing the same damn thing Be- because um, JT Remelu, the the catcher, one of the better players for the Philadelphia Phillies, is not making the trip. For this series against the Toronto Blue Jays, right? Right. Because he's not vaccinated. 
and he's like gonna let Canada decide what he wants to do with his body. Right. It was a fantastic, and I didn't have time to pull the the video for this, but it it was an absolutely fantastic response. He's like, I'm not gonna let any country, let alone Canada, basically, uh, tell me what I can and cannot put into my body. I'm not going to do that. Um, I get to make that decision for myself. And he just stood up in front of the 99% uh, Corona Bro crowd and gal crowd that's in front of him in his locker, right? Then what did we also see yesterday, Pat, just as that story is breaking? Other sports writers, other baseball sports writers deciding to tell us who's losing what kind of money when they go to Canada. The Kansas City Royals will have 10 players on their roster who will not be able to go to the series in Toronto this year. And they're all losing $100,000. Their response, just like JT Remelu's response, was this. My body, my health, my ability to do what I need to do, thats be- what's best for me, is more important than any amount of money that I would earn or not earn. And people all over, well, of course they can say that when they're earning $100,000 a, uh, a series. Okay, that's like you saying, I'm going to forego that extra $100 because um, I want to do something with my family, right? And and I don't have right. I don't have the vacation time or whatever, so I take the day off. You, you forego right. that $100 because it's not worth it to you. That's the point. Some of these people would say, screw an entire year's salary. This is insane. Here's, the here's insanity the is that, not going anywhere. That is the overarching point that I hope you are getting here. The absolute utter insanity. CNN is continuing to push the panic porn. You have the Corona bros and Corona gals in the sports writing world doing the same thing, trying to shame people still, still not understanding that you can't do that. That doesn't matter. Kyrie Irving is not getting the shot, folks. JT Remelu literally looked you in your eyes and said, bleep you. I'm glad you brought that up because I I, I looked at this when I, when I first saw the uh, the headline from, from the CNN article yesterday. My, my first reaction is, what in the absolute hell, CNN? Mm-hmm. I mean, the title of the article, the worst variant is here. They, they might as well have put a headline that says, a new variant is here. We're all going to die literally that might as well have been it and and it, well, i'm just like are you are you trying to which they are they are trying to do this they are trying to put the fear of of, of coronavirus again into everybody they they want the panic of 2 years ago to happen again I'm like this. This is a. This is not helping anybody. I understand. I understand. Do we need to understand the the new variants that are out there that are going to become dominant and what they're going to do to us? Yes, I I, I would mm. argue that. Mm. I, I I would want to know what a disease is going to do to me, right? Or potentially going to do to me. So again, I, and I brought but, this up earlier. The only way that I give a flying rear end. Is if it is something that if I got into contact with, I would have a major chance of dying from. That's it. Right. And I guess that's where I'm ultimately going with that. It is if if my life is truly going to be in danger, um, 
not right. just this speculative thing, then yeah, I would want to know. But uh, my my point is, this kind of headline, this kind of work, it first of all, it's deceiving, and it helps no one. They should be ashamed of themselves, and they're not. But they're not. They won't be ashamed of themselves because they have never let go of the panic porn. They no. they've only gone dormant because it doesn't sell, right? And now they can induce more panic or attempt to induce more panic. Here's the reality. Most people have moved on. Most people don't care. No. Most regular people, everyday Joe Schmo, whether that's in China, whether that's here, whether that's in Europe, whether that's in Africa, wherever around the globe, don't give a shit. Okay? They don't. They don't care because they realize that I have to, at some point in time, live my life, understand that, hey... I should probably not get be around people who are positive for coronavirus or more right. importantly, my obligation has always been and will always be if I am sick to not decide to go and get people sick. I have always argued this. If you know that you are sick and you go into a, uh, a birthday gathering or some sort of social setting and other people get sick, they should have the right to sue you. And they, and they end up dead or something else happens. If you knowingly right. do it, it is the same thing as the argument with HIV, right? If you knowingly infect somebody with HIV or you knowingly do this without, hey, by the way, I'm sick. And because you have, you have, when we talk about individualism and choices and personal freedom and responsibility, which, which um, we're dealing with here, right? And, and I talked about in Reviving Liberty, right? The responsibility is for you to inform others, and then they get to make a decision as to whether or not they want to take that chance, interact with you, or do whatever, right? Right. But if you rob them of that opportunity, you have robbed them of their personal freedom. Your personal freedom ends when it affects other people, okay? When your decisions have direct consequential impact on other people. We're not talking about my decision. Um, and then three weeks later, something happens. No, I am talking about if you were to if you were to go and engage in an activity that would knowingly do something to somebody else in the immediacy of that, and it has a negative consequence and you don't tell them that you know about it, you're an asshole and you should be civilly liable. I don't even think criminally liable. You know how this would have this would um Stop real fast <laughs> when uh, you get to pay out of your pocketbook for being an asshole. And I'm not talking about going and going grocery shopping and unknowingly um, that you are that you're sick. Right. Right. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about you going into an event or whatever social setting. Right where you have a choice as to whether or not to engage in that activity, and you already know. Now, how do you prove it? Well, you can prove it from the fact that, uh, you know, maybe you have a test. Maybe you have something that shows it, right? Or you knowingly have HIV or whatever, right? And we see California getting rid of these laws because, well, it's, it's, a, it's discriminatory against gay people. Is it? Uh, no, because HIV infects uh, all sorts of people all the time. Right. 
the same thing. If you were to knowingly give somebody a used needle and you have HIV, you're an asshole. Now, speaking of assholes, how about this, Pat? How about we play the B or not the B? Okay. Because, you know, um, we're taking money from an asshole. Did you just call Izzo an asshole? Yeah, he loves that. He knows he's an ass. Okay, well, I mean, as long as he's cool. He wears that as the badge of honor. <laughs> all right, are you ready for today's headline? Oh, I, I'm, I'm all ready for today's headline, especially since I don't mind taking money from assholes. All right, today's headline. People, <clears throat> excuse me if I could speak. People can take a bite out of capitalism by exchanging money for these popsicles that let you eat the rich. People can take a bite out of capitalism by exchanging money for these popsicles that let you eat the rich. While you are thinking about that, um, folks, speaking of eating the rich, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, more like um, the best part of waking up should be American Pride Roasters. All right, go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Historically great coffee from our friend DMXDM, uh, Dave, and and all the the team over there. Um, they do fantastic work and uh, support small businesses. Support those who don't insult you. Now, now, DMXDM can be insulting, but he just doesn't insult you. He wants your money, and uh, the product is damn good too. So go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, order yours. It may take a little bit of time because they're doing a lot of small batch stuff right now um, just because they don't have the larger capacity that they used to. Um, that will come with time, um, you know, as they still deal with the wonderful aftermath of the tornado that literally destroyed their home, their business, all that wonderful goodness. Uh, but go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Again, AmericanPrideRoasters.com, historically great coffee. All right, do you need the headline one more time? Yeah, one more time. People can take a bite out of capitalism by exchanging money for these popsicles that let you eat the rich. See, it's such a long headline. Like, like it, when you've done this long enough, you start to recognize not the B versus the Babylon B headlines based on length. Mm. The Babylon B headlines tend to be shorter and a little bit more precise. Not the B headlines can be a little bit longer. Um, so I'm going to go with not the B on this one. You are correct. That is right. <clears throat> you can uh, wait for it, Pat. Buy a $10 popsicle to <clears throat> eat the rich. You can engage in capitalism to protest capitalism. I was going to say, do they understand what they're doing here? Yes, that's right. New Yorkers can take a bite out of capitalism by munching on popsicles shaped like the heads of Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Jack Ma, um, Elon Musk, and Mark Zuckerberg near McCarran Park in Brooklyn. <clears throat> now, this idea was launched by the MSCHF, which is pronounced mischief, art collective. That's right, an art collective. Now, so this much. is also the same group that, uh, remember those little Nas X uh, Satan shoes? I'm guessing same thing. Yep, same group. Yeah. Um, 
also apparently Amy Grimes' uh, sword at the Met Gala. Um, now, this art collective is a group of ultra, ultra serious communists. If you're truly a communist, wouldn't you make these so that you can then just distribute them to the masses? Yeah, I'm like, how, why? How do you? How, how do you? Why are you, justify why are you exchanging them? money for these things? Because that's capitalism. You're literally engaging capitalism to destroy capitalism. Congratulations, you're a moron. You're as dumb as the White House. Yeah, uh, do do not do not uh, go Pasco and do not collect two hundred dollars. By the way, do we do you understand out there in the public how dumb the White House is right now? Because the White House, uh, Joe Biden, and and everybody over the, uh, everybody at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, right? There, yeah. most of them are over in Israel right now, right? Supposedly celebrating the the peace accords and the 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 Arab nations plus Israel. In all the compacts that <clears throat> his predecessor put in place, right? We're supposed to be celebrating yeah. that kind of peace that exists, right? Yeah. Well, clearly, because Joe Biden in the past has um, called out the the leader of Saudi Arabia as some murderous dictator, which he probably is, most likely is. Oh, wait. Yeah, he is. Right? Um, mm. And... and um, wants nothing to do with him and therefore, uh, you know, in the past has said that, right? But we can't right. engage in any diplomacy, you see, with them either. Joe Biden has taken every pain to, when he stepped off the plane, to not shake hands with, with the, the leader of any country, any of them, in the photo op. Because he doesn't want to be seen going back on his word, right? right? 30 seconds later, he's fist bumping and shaking hands with everybody else. This is how dumb. Like, you, you really? A handshake. A handshake is a tacit. No, it's just a courtesy thing. You could shake his hand and call him an asshole to his face if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've done it. I've done it to people in the past. I've literally sh shook in their hands and called them an asshole to their face, specifically for being an asshole to me. Quit being an asshole I mean, and walked away. I mean, what is the, 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 there can still be honor and respect among enemies. So you go up, you shake their hand, you do the respectable thing and then call them an asshole to their face. Yeah. What are they going to do to you? Yeah. I, the, the idiocy of, well, the American people are going to see this. The American people don't even remember you telling them that uh, you believe this person to be a deplorable, if you will. The American right. people don't give a flying crap about that. What they do care about is, is when you say it, right, and then you economically hand them more money. That's what they care about. They don't care about being seen in a picture with that person. Right. Especially when you're engaged in politics. It's different if you are a celebrity and I'm going to make a stand against homophobia. And then you stand there with a picture of, 
of the leader of Qatar or the leader of Saudi Arabia in which, guess what, you gay, you die. That, there's a difference in that. <sighs> Speaking of differences, Pat, um, we have two different stories that are kind of similar in nature here that I want to talk about. And, and I think people are going to be surprised because um, over the past week, there's really been a story that's kind of lit a fire under right-wing media these days. And it also left-wing media. And also apparently the president of the United States, who last week spoke about uh, a 10-year-old Ohio girl raped and, and pregnant, right? The right wing went absolutely nuts, claiming he's a moron and doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yesterday morning, shortly after this show was uh, recorded, what did we find out, Pat? The story is true. The story is actually true, yeah. And this is why we never mention these types of things until we know the facts, okay? We don't know. At that point in time, Joe Biden didn't know either, and that's the wrong part. He took conjecture. He took a story that a pro-abortion doctor, okay, an activist doctor was telling, and told it to the American public as if it was sanctified truth. He had no idea if it was true or not. This is one of the most tragic, horrific stories you can imagine. Because what we do know about this story also is that allegedly the 10-year-old girl was 9 years old when this happened because she just recently turned 10, as in within the last month or so. So she was likely 9 years old when she got pregnant. This is terrible, horrible, awful. The story is tragic, but as tragic as it is, right, I want the audience to critically think through this story because what is, why would the left, why would the pro-abortion left want to highlight this story? It's because it is the extreme of the extreme. We're talking about the what? 0.0000000001% chance of this actually ever happening again. And they want to use it to do what? Swing the door wide open to abortion for everybody all the time, no matter what. Okay? They're using this as the cudgel to try to smack the pro-life movement over the head with well you're going to allow a nine-year-old to have to no why because a nine-year-old a nine-year-old is not capable of carrying a child to term it doesn't happen it's not possible so in that case what do you do right You medically induce the pregnancy. There's a difference between that and aborting the baby. There is a massive difference. We don't need to get into it either. Because to start talking about, well, this this is acceptable and that, but that's not. No, you have to attack the premise of their argument. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what they want at the end of the day. They want you to give this inch so they they can then take the mile. 
again. No. Because the other side of this argument is also the very same argument, just in reverse. What do I mean by that? Well, the person who is alleged, because we don't have the DNA results yet, okay? So I'm going to use alleged, and I'm not going to use this person's name. But the alleged perpetrator of this act who has confessed to the rape or raping, we don't know that he's the father yet. We can assume so, but we don't know it. Is an illegal immigrant who has been in this country illegally for over half a decade. Now, if you're the right, are you going to use this extreme, extreme of the extreme cases to suggest we build a wall and shut off immigration, period, amen? I mean, that, that's what they're going to try to do, right? And right. I think they already have, haven't they? Right. Yep. You're as bad as the other side trying to use this extreme, 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 extreme case for your abortion argument. I want you to critically think through what you're saying. You can't, because what you're asking the American public to do is say, don't grant their premise based off of this extreme. Grant my premise based off of this extreme. Now, could you make the argument that you are seeing more cases like this, right? The cases of illegal immigrants raping young girls or raping individuals, period, amen. Okay, rape is bad. Rape is terrible. It is horrible, no good, very bad. It is one of the worst things you could possibly do to another human being outside of actually killing them. We can all agree on that premise. That that was actually the point I was about to make is that that you you could make this argument. You could also make the argument that hey, if we had a secure border, this doesn't happen as often. Right. You you because they, then they wouldn't be here. But what wouldn't happen as often? Illegal immigrants committing these kinds of crimes. Okay, then what about the Americans committing these types of crimes? That, that that that's that's exactly where I'm going with this. Exactly. It, so it's, I want it's an the audience example. to critically think through this case because you cannot, on one hand, say grant me my premise and then deny the premise of the other side. You so leave this story alone. This is a terrible, horrible, very personal tragedy. Okay, this is awful. For the family, for the people that are affected by this. This is terrible, okay? It is not a tool for you to use as a cudgel in some broader war. Because it is the absolute extreme. This is not the normalcy. Now, if every illegal... are you? Th this is the whole point, right? Donald Trump getting up and talking about uh, the Mexicans raping and all this other stuff, right, that he did leading into the 2016 election, right? What you doing, Willis? You cannot broadly paint. Now, is it also possible to say, okay, this is terrible. I happen to believe that um, we should be properly vetting people coming into the United States of America. You can make the case without having to go here. You can make that case. And you should be making the case. 
that if we're going to be a nation of laws, if we're going to be a nation of political will, because I argue we are not a nation of laws, and I'm about to prove it to you in another way, but we are a nation of political will. And what is the political will right now? I couldn't tell you. Because if you live in a city like Chicago, it's all about uh, everybody can live here no matter what. No matter your legality or not. Now, what should we do with this person if they commit a crime like this? My argument would be this. You want to deter illegal immigration and the sending of the worst of the worst because this is happening in small cases by small percentages of governments releasing these types of criminals and letting them go into the United States, right? We see it on a very small, 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 small scale. This isn't some grandiose plot, right? Uh, But you want to send a message? You commit this crime Your cojones are gone, and we send you right back to where you came from. Preferably in a pine box, in my view. But also, you are no longer allowed to be able to do this act, and we send you back to where you came. Lots of people would think twice when their cojones are gone. Their huevos. We need to treat the crime seriously because that is the deterrent. Right. Okay. We don't treat the crime of coming here illegally seriously. We don't have the mechanisms to treat it seriously. In fact, yesterday, just as we're seeing this story, right, we see literally a a, a bunch of coyotes leading a caravan of people at Eagle Cross, Texas leading hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people across the Rio Grande right into our country in the purview of media and and other people watching just out in the open in the middle of the day. It looked like ants crossing the, the Rio Grande. It was insane. You don't need to use this as the cudgel. You have to argue the premise of the argument. How did we win in Dobbs, Jackson's Women's Health versus Dobbs? How did we win that case? How did it happen? The people arguing it attacked the premise of Roe versus Wade. They attacked the very thing that exists. Why did it take 50 years for that to happen? Because for 50 years, we decided to pedal around the premise of the argument of abortion. We decided to not attack the premise that there's no such thing as an abortion right in the freaking constitution. More importantly, it is not implied somehow within the right to privacy of the 14th amendment. You attack the premise of the argument. You don't allow for the extreme to become the argument. Because once you do, that door swings so wide open, you don't get to put it back. Okay, so you can grant them that nine-year-olds can get a get an abortion. Okay, um, what about an 11-year-old? Where does that stop? 
What are you doing? No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. We're not having that argument. We're also not going to use that argument to say <laughs> illegal, Im illegal immigration is bad for a whole host of reasons other than just this. Use the good. Use that. Use well, the here, premise. Here, here's my question. Can, can you make can you make things like rape, murder, illegal immigration, whatever crime have you? Can you make them more illegal? No. The only way that you can do anything about it is to make the punishment harsher. Right. Now, I would I struggle with the, the whole death penalty thing, right? I really right. do. Um I, I, I totally hundred percent do because there are things in which God, you know, smites people, right? And we see a lot of right. death and destruction in 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 the Old Testament of the Bible, right? It is really dark at times. It's really light right. at times, but it is super dark. And it is super freaky. Okay. So I I struggle with the, the premise of this because Jesus and God's teaching is love, right? Right. But the Old Testament is full of a lot of people doing a lot of really bad things to each other. And what does God do in the end, right? We the the Tower of Babel, right? The story is about these people doing really bad things and paying an ultimate price for it. Their entire city and civilization gone. Because they smited God and God's will. So I, I, I guess I struggle with the, the whole death penalty argument because the Catholic Church opposes it. Um, and, and, you know, personally, I struggle with it. I, I don't know where I come down on it yet. I really don't. And I've struggled with this almost my entire life. It, it, it is because, like, like what, do you, what do you do with, like, really, really bad criminals? I get it, right? Criminals that, that that probably deserve not to be living anymore. I, I understand it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I have often thought, well, why do I have the right to inflict judgment and punishment? Right. That that is that is really bad just because somebody else did something really bad. Yep, absolutely. How am I, I different? Hundred percent agree with you there. Mm -hmm. Um now. To the other end of this, when we're talking about granting premises and and talking about um, laws that are moral, immoral, good, bad, all of those things, right? Um, I, I noticed an article in Reason, and I don't know if you've paid attention to Reason lately, but it has become, uh, I shouldn't say it's become, the libertine wing of Reason has become almost the dominant variant, if you will, of all of the things that they cover. I, I don't know if you've paid attention to the headlines at all. Yeah, I, I've noticed a few, and, and it's more than it used to be. That's for it's, sure. Look, I understand there there is a live and let live libertine wing to the party, right? And I understand that. But um, the headline here is renegade DAs who defy state mandates are often freedom's last line of defense. Perhaps as we relearn the virtues of local decision-making, we'll also reacquire a taste for individualism. So at the crux of the matter here is basically he's saying DAs defy federal, state, local law if they want to, because um, I want to. This, uh, this is exactly what I've been talking about for at least a month now. This is the legal society's version of I want to. We have it in the church. 
the church of me. I call it the church of me because it's how I want to see the Bible, right? Not how, not how it's actually, you know, imposing its will on you, but how you want to interpret that one Bible verse and then ignore the ones right before it or right after it that tell you exactly what you are doing is wrong. <coughs> right? You you want to take that one thing and say, well, the Bible tells me I can do no. Right? The the church of me, 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 me. The church it's the prosperity gospel. It's all of those things together. That that is the root of that church of me, the prosperity gospel. That God wants you to prosper and and in um in and only through making a shit ton of money. It, are you going to gain the kingdom of heaven, right? The Joel Osteen variety. It's insane. Now, does God want you to fail? Of course not. But there's a difference between the prosperity gospel and prospering. <laughs> now, um, so there's the church of me. There's also apparently the legal version of I wanna. So a prosecutor, this is where I struggle with this, Pat. A prosecutor can stand up Take an oath to defend and uphold the Constitution and the laws of the state or the municipality or the county, however it's set up in your in your jurisdiction, right? And then just pick and choose. Now they do have prosecutorial discretion, but the prosecutor prosecutorial discretion is this, and it is it is always supposed to have been this. It is the discretion to decide whether or not this is a prosecutable case. It is not whether or not I pick and choose which law to defend and not defend. Because if that's the case, you need to become an actual politician, like somebody who actually legislates. This is the judicial activism. This is, this is reason advocating for the George Soros model. And I want you to hear this because there is a group called uh, fair and justice prosecution. And they say, quote, as elected prosecutors, when we stand in court, we have the privilege and obligation to represent the people. Yes, you do represent the people, but you represent the people to do what? Prosecute those who break the law. And if you don't like the law, change it. Now, they continue. Because fair and just prosecution is um, an organization promoting ideologically progressive approaches to criminal justice. I know you're shocked by that, right? But it continues saying all members of our communities are our clients. They elected us to represent them, and we are bound to fight for them as we carry out our obligation to pursue justice. Our legislatures may decide to criminalize personal health care decisions, but we remain obligated to prosecute only those cases that serve the interests of justice and the people. Criminalizing and prosecuting individuals who seek to provide abortion care makes a mockery of justice. Prosecutors should not be part of that. Okay, so here's the the thing that I don't understand about that argument. What people are you representing? Are you representing the person who um, they decided to kill? Or are you representing, who are you representing here? What justice is served? Do you, do, does, does the person who got killed deserve justice? Or is it just the person who has that... Uh, Ability And furthermore, Pat, we had this argument yesterday, uh, John Cornyn, it was less, less talked about, but I think way more important than the Josh Hawley um, exchange 
uh, with that uh, Cal Berkeley professor. John Cornyn literally tried to get her to understand or, or help define who she sees as an actual human being or not. And it was as simple as John Cornyn saying, okay, so the person who's two seconds out of the birth canal, and is that a person? Yes. Then he asked, okay, so then when does that person cease to basically become a person, right? If, if they're unborn. And, and, and I would take it further. Okay, so that person that you are granting us is in person. You just said it takes agency, right? It takes the ability for somebody to have agency for them to be a human. Okay. Well, guess what? That person or that, that thing in, in, in her parlance that was just birthed, it cannot live on its own. It needs mommy and daddy, or mommy more specifically, to give it nutrients and sustenance until it can do so on its own. And that is what, four or five years down the road? Ish. So, so when, when is the person a person, right? What's a woman? What's a person? What's a person? Who are the people that you get to decide get justice? Well, and, and this line of questioning was fascinating, be, and and her answer was was even more ridiculous, by the way, mm-hmm. um, than, than what she did with uh, Josh Hawley, because she proceeded to not even answer his question, and when he tried to redirect her to answer his question, she's like, "Yeah, but I want to answer a question that that's uh, more relevant or, or or more beneficial to me, or what I'm more interested in." I think was her words. This is a question I want that is more interesting to me. Which is absolutely ridiculous. She she refused to answer his question and decided to answer something else entirely, and then just basically said, "I'm not going to because I'm not interested in that question." Now, as this article points out, well, okay, it was good for the goose. Can it be good for the gander? Right? It was good for the goose in 2020, where you know states like California, New York, North Dakota, Oregon, you name it, right? started to, you know, counties and, and local people started saying, no, I'm not going to abide by your your state mandate for masks or whatever, right? It was good for our our side. So it should be good for the other side? I, I want you to think about it because uh, the author here at Reason says the Refuseniks at that time were mostly conservative-leaning as are the local officials across the country who have declared their jurisdiction's Second Amendment sanctuaries. They refuse to use local resources to enforce restrictive state and federal gun laws. Now, he also continues to say this. um, Thanks to the Tenth Amendment, the federal government cannot force states to help them enforce federal law. Well, we know that. But his selective enforcement is iffier when it comes to state laws. And and ultimately, this is the question that I want people to think about as we deep dive today. At what point in time does the selective enforcement get to stop? Is it you? Because this is the libertine thought process. I believe in personal freedom. Well, personal freedom has responsibility. And more importantly, to the libertine out there, your personal freedom stops when it uh, negatively, directly impacts somebody else's life, liberty, or property. Okay? 
So when you commit an abortion, you have stopped somebody else's life. And if you don't believe that to be the case, then when, when is it okay to not be able to kill that baby or that person? When? when? Where, where, where do you draw the line? And this is the point of legal arguments on abortion. This isn't even a moral argument. This is legal. Okay? Legally. How? So you just get to define who a person is for your own self, for your own I wanna? This is the culture rotting at its core because this is why I don't subscribe to anarchism because we don't have a society. We don't have an America. We have an America with individualism, but it's because individualism also grants the premise that we abide by a set of governance and that we abide by a set of personal wants, needs, and responsibilities. That's why and guys like you and me... The even, social even contract matters. Even in individualism, the social contract matters. You don't get to Which say... I opt out of the social contract, therefore I get to impose my will on the rest of the population who has agreed to that social contract. Which is why, like guys like you and me, you know, we've we've always argued that government is necessary on some level. We argue for something called limited government because no government would be anarchy. And we need a limited government to be able to protect those individual rights, individual liberty, mm-hmm. the, the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and also property. Right. So I guess I guess the question that I want to throw out to you, Pat, and to the audience is this. At what level does defiance of that authority get to stop? Like, okay, so – if you don't agree with the federal law, okay, do we get to defy a federal law? Okay, a state law, a county law, a municipal law in your city, town, village. How about your HOA? How about your parents? Do you just get to defy with no consequences? No. Hmm. No, I mean we we have often talked about this. But idea I want to, Pat. But I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't want to have a curfew if I'm a teenager, right? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't right. want to. But there is a consequence to defying that curfew. Okay, so so at what at what point do we say if you are a public official, right? You have signed on to do what? Represent the public. To represent the law. Okay, but you. Okay, so at what level? Do we get to say, um, you know what? This is where the social compact starts. I guess that would be my my question. Is it at the federal level? Is it at the state level? Is it at the local level? Where where in the the, the society that we have agreed upon? Okay. And here's the other argument. Okay, you want something different? Make the case and do it. Right. I, th- there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. Even even within civil disobedience, there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. 
and we, we have talked about civil disobedience on here before and when it comes to defying unjust laws that being said when you do those things that does not mean that there is not going to be a consequence at the end of the day to standing up against or defying those kinds of laws right these people want their cake and to eat it too because that's the, re- the reality of the i want a society and it right. and we've talked about this this is the result of it they want all personal freedom no responsibility they want to do whatever the hell they want to based off of their their lifestyle and their wants and their needs quote unquote and screw the rest of you and oh by the way ah if i if 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 i want to have you know nightly gangbangs right and and i get pregnant i nope no responsibility oh okay weird this is this is, i will fight libertine society as much as i will fight authoritarian society right because here's the thing you are it's the common phrase that i've used you've used it we've had other guests on the show use it you are free to choose but you are not free of the consequences of those choices mm-hmm. absolutely personal freedom comes with responsibility i cannot emphasize this enough exercise your personal freedom all you want go ahead but you better be able to take on the responsibility of the consequences of those actions. And by the way, some of those, some of that responsibility, and I've talked about this in the past too, Pat, some of that responsibility could be really good. For instance, let's say you're doing a really good job as a real estate agent, or you create a product or a service that people just boom, glom onto, right? And suddenly you are way, way, you're making way more money than you have ever had in your entire life. Your responsibility is to do what? Figure out how to play in that pool, if you will, right? Mm. Your responsibility is to be responsible with that money. Right. right? Your responsibility is to what? If you just go and blow it, okay, great. But you better take the responsibility for blowing that money and realizing you're broke now, right? Or do you do a responsible thing and and take a look at how you invest or how you do things with your money? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? By making a choice to do something or, hey, you're a really great real estate agent, right? I'm a great real estate agent and I just made an ass ton of money. That That is a consequence of being a really great real estate money. Now, it also comes with the responsibility of doing something with that money, I argue. That's me. Other people may say, I don't get, you don't have a right to tell me I'm, I have to have a responsibility for that money. Hey, just blow it up. Go ahead, do it. But I guarantee you that that's a con, you're going to have consequences for that. Right. Every action has a reaction and can be positive or negative. Don't come cry to me when your negative consequence comes of your bad decision. Now, with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And I like taking money from assholes. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.